Hello and welcome to The Breakdown with Orla Shinoe and Greg Rutherford. I love that. <laughs> you're getting more dramatic <laughs> with that, Greg. Time, you're, you're hamming up your part. Well, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's just two words, but it's got to be powerful. <laughs> Three, you got the whip as well. I'm giving you lots of space no, you to express whip. yourself. I just say Greg Oh, Rutherford. I did say whip. I took that from you too. That I can see why you're having to big up your part now. I don't give you very much. Anyway, um, here we are once again, and we have... A really interesting guest, but I say that every time, don't I? But it's true. Um, Jess Learmonth is Olympic triathlon champion and she won uh, the mixed relay triathlon mm-hmm. in Tokyo. What's so interesting about her is her backstory, obviously. But we see with elite athletes so many times that they come through the ranks, don't they? And they get progressively better. And that's how they end up elite athletes, yeah. really. They, they win in the junior ranks, they have some failures, then they go to the senior ranks, mixed success, blah, 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 blah. It all comes good in the end. It, it all comes good in the end. Yeah. Jess went off. She had a life. She went off traveling in Australia with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, she got a job in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. And uh, by her own admission, I should say, just in her own words, yeah. she put on some weight, she's unhealthy, unfit, and decided to get back into sport again. Lo and behold, she jumps into triathlon. And within a couple of years, she's Olympic champion. It's amazing. It's incredible to see. Yeah, I mean, obviously, her background with a, a little bit of swimming stuff in there obviously helps with that side of it. But to try and master three events, and you did just call it mastering as well, uh, it's incredible. She's literally the antithesis of me as an athlete. Mm. Literally, the endurance on a bike could never do. Swimming, I only just learned a couple of years ago. And running long distance, I'm, it's, I'm not built to do any of this. So I find it fascinating when speaking to somebody that can take it to that level and be that successful. But equally, have the, the break like you've mentioned and everything else, that, that's incredible. And there's so many kids out there, actually young adults, that are probably thinking, well, my time's gone. I've mm. not been doing it anymore. But actually, listening to her story, you start to realise... Do you know what? Maybe there's a chance for a lot of people to get back in there and give it a go. But I think that's true of so many things. And that's why I wanted to talk to her, because I think it's hard sometimes in life as an adult to find new drive and new focus and go at it like you're going to be the very best. Because you maybe think, I've learned everything I'm going to learn and I'm just going to get better at what I do. But actually to learn something completely new, which for her was a new sport, is just fascinating. I mean, I was like a junior athlete and then I went off and went to university, discovered alcohol I didn't come back in again. <laughs> you know, so I know how difficult that is. And, and triathlon is one of these disciplines that fascinates me in terms of the actual discipline of yeah. it, the the personal discipline that it takes. I tried to train, not even do, not even start, not even complete a triathlon. I tried to train for one and I got so bored with the swimming. I just gave up. Mm. I remember being on holiday and there was a 12 meter swimming pool and I got so bored going back and forward. I just thought, nah. This well, isn't for me. It, it shoots out the water straight away. People that just say, well, if you, if you don't focus from this from a young age, you're never going to yeah. make it. That's the incredible thing about it. It really is. Look, I, I've always talked There's about... There's hope for us all, basically, no, there are, Absolutely. We should all go, let's just try another sport. <laughs> I've never or done another anything. It doesn't have to be sport. That's the point, isn't no, it? No, of course. And that is the big thing, isn't it? Like, and, and I think in life, you need to be able to take these risks and take these chances when they're, they're sort of shown to you. And if anything, this chat is is the perfect perfect way to set that up for anybody who's thinking about it yeah hopefully at least that's what we were hoping to get out of it and i hope you do too here is the breakdown with jess learmonth Well, Jess, here we are in Leeds, not that far away from where you live. You're about half an hour from here. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just on the outskirts. But I've 
ventured in to the centre for you two. Thank you. What have you been up to then? What have we torn you away from today? Just a bit, just training. Nothing, yeah, like nothing exciting, but the sun's out, so just loving life, roaming around Leeds with my shorts and T-shirt on. What does your training involve these days then? Uh, well, this morning I had a swim in Beeston. If you know in Leeds, it's a pretty nice place. Um, then How much of a swim? No, I want to know, hang on, I want to know about Beast. I want to know, hear what you said. It's, it's a nice place. So go on, please elaborate. Are you trying to plan your holidays? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I don't think you'd want a holiday there. Oh, really? Oh, so <laughs> anybody, anybody who's listening that lives there, you're now about to <laughs> absolutely annihilate them. Listen, Let's go. No one that lives there is listening to this. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Even better. Oh, dear. Right. I'd be very surprised. Have you got anywhere else that you go for your swim training just in case they are listening and you're not allowed back yeah. again? <laughs> that is a good point. You should definitely consider no. that. It is really nice to be fair. So, so we're recording, nice. just so you know, we are recording as well with video, so they'll see your facial expressions. <laughs> so I, I fear there's now no way for you to escape this. You might as well just say it. As it is. Just no, say it. To be fair, it's that nice that I then went for a run around Middleton Park, which is just around it, and it was very nice, very hilly. Um, and then went out on my bike around near me. This may sound like a really obvious question, but as a non triathlete, do you always do all three together? <laughs> I said. It's funny because it sounds a stupid question, but it's actually not because, well, we actually do, yeah, pretty yeah. much most days. Because I thought I didn't, but then you figure it out. I know, that's, again, that sounds really stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just the difference in duration on each one. But majority of the time, apart from the weekend, we have no swim, which is delightful because I hate swimming. Why so, not on a weekend? Because uh, we always have, like, a run session and loads of riding. And don't know, we just never have. Just have a weekend after, you know, like work. You think, oh, thank God it's the weekend. No swimming. <laughs> so swimming's the bit, so that's the, the bit of the, the job, if you like, that you find actually a job and a task. Why, why, yeah. why, why, why swimming rubbish? It's just really boring. Have you done it? <laughs> it's well, so boring. Actually, you I only learned to swim three years ago. Did you? Yeah, so 2019. Oh, so you um, can't find it that boring then. <coughs> no, I did find it quite. Still, yeah. He's still excited yeah, about it. Yeah, about like... Well, no, <laughs> but all mine was all open. I hate swimming in a swimming pool. Bumpo. I find it too hot. That's right. Weird. <laughs> Where are I you swimming? Get to Beeston, it's pretty cold. David, no, but then... Oh, is it an indoor pool, is this? Yeah. Oh, I, I just assumed it was a lake you were in. Oh, no, no. I, li I like open water Christ. swimming. Like, I find the concept of of <laughs> swimming being too hot absolutely yeah, way fascinating. Too hot. Way too hot in a swimming Because pool. you jump into a swimming pool to kill dying. No, I get really hot. Yeah, and also... Oh, really? Yeah. So random. You must be going to the wrong pools. It's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're swimming a jacuzzi, yeah? yeah? Oh, that's where I've been going wrong. So I wonder why everybody looks at me weird. <laughs> and I never go anywhere. I never... <laughs> Really dizzy, bloody. <laughs> but what? Why? But what? Why? What? What? Apart from it just being boring, what? What's the? I mean, it's a big part it's of your life. It's not social, so you can't really That's chat true. that much. And I don't like to chat because I, I think get in and get out. Do you know, like when people are chatting, I think this is just taking longer. Can we just crack on? The <laughs> so um, podcast is a really good yeah, you love activity. This. Then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we can tell you're thrilled to be. Here. <laughs> well, no, I actually love a podcast, mate, because I listen to it all the time on bike. But you can't in the pool, so that's another reason okay. why no podcasts allowed. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I like it when we swim hard. But swimming easy just bores me to tears. So, so are you not very good at stilling your mind then? Because what I quite like about swimming, and obviously I just swim for pleasure, 
But what I really like about it is just listening to my breathing and just listening to my thoughts. You know what I mean? You're, you're pulling a funny face. Yeah, but I find it quite yeah. meditative because my brain is always on the go. Yeah. But when I'm swimming, I feel like I have to switch off. I can't look at my phone. I can't listen to music. I can't communicate with anyone. And all I can hear is the very essence of being alive in my ears. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? True. Wow, that's quite a I think thought. I wouldn't mind that for like maybe... Once a week. <laughs> no, for like I go like, yeah, <laughs> twice a month. Or something. <laughs> for like yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right for the warm up and then I'm bored. Yeah. But no, I know what you mean. It's quite peaceful. So if you do want to have a peaceful swim, it is, that's quite decent. But, but you, do, you do strike me as someone who's quite 100 miles an hour with your thoughts. Do you find it difficult to still your mind like that then? Yeah, I hate being relaxed or, really? yeah, so like if John, we do yoga or, and then at the end they do the the, the meditation part, can't be doing with it. Just stresses me out more, just been too relaxed. Do you find yourself, is it is it your mind wanders to places you don't like or is it just purely, I just want to move? Yeah, it's really simple, do you know what I mean? My mind's not wandering to anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like, I wonder what I'm having for tea or, do you know what I mean? Right. It's not, it's not. There's not much going on, so yeah, I think I just get <laughs> distracted. That I don't believe. No, no but it's interesting because obviously all has just said there that you can basically completely clear your mind and do it. I could never do that. There's but, always, even if whatever, there'd be things going on in my. The thing is, though, like anything, it's a training, it's a practice. The mm. only reason I can do it is because they talk about meditation practice. It's because you have to practice it. The only reason I can do it at all is because I force myself to do it. Because otherwise, mm. my brain doesn't stop. And then it's really hard to just keep going at the rate of your own brain sometimes. Mm. So I think everybody can learn it really. But I guess it's whether you need to and whether you want to. So. Yeah, and you dedicated to it because I don't think I would. Whereas John, my partner, I think he would be right into it. Not that he is, but I obviously didn't really engage in it. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's really into that sort of stuff. So what do you do to switch off then? Do sport. I know that sounds mad, but go for a run or ride or... What do you yeah. do away from your sport? Because uh, there's so much training you do in a day. Yeah. A couple of hours a day. <clears throat> what do you do for the rest of the time for fun? A lot of cooking. I really like my food. Um, <laughs> TV. I'm quite bad for that. <laughs> like, what do you what, what you mean? Like, reality TV? Um, or? Not so much, but... Yeah, documentaries. I'm trying to remember myself. <laughs> 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 but I do like but, sports. We're like one and the same person at the moment. Yes, exactly the same as me. But then stuff that I can just switch off and just mm. go on. So tell us how you got into triathlon then, because it's a really interesting entry into the sport, really, mm. isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit random. I was working at Sainsbury's and they did like a charity event. I'd just come back from travelling. Uh, I were a bit parky and I thought I'd get into a bit of exercise and they were doing a charity triathlon, did that and then kind of decided to enter a few local ones and then it just snowballed a bit and then I ended up on funding and well, as my is job. one way of saying it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Like, yeah. Working that, in Sainsbury's but, but at the age of what? I reckon I were like 20, well, when I went to Sainsbury, like 22. But isn't that fascinating? Like you think there's going to be people listening that probably have a love for sport and whatever, so maybe never felt the opportunity. That's genuinely like an inspiring mm. thing for a lot of people I imagine to hear. Because I think most people just assume that you did it from a very young age, mm. you got into it, you worked incredibly hard all the time. All your life. And then you you reaped what you sowed. And I'm, I've always pushed on a big thing, like life and performance are a really important part of it. I was always able to switch off and, and not always be obsessed with sport. And 
went through different periods of my life where I was probably a little bit naughty and went off the rails a little bit, whatever else. But then eventually came back to it and it all went, all went well. The amount of people that, and the amount of athletes as well that love telling you, basically, that's all they've ever done their mm. entire life. All they do, they do nothing but that. It's, it's and they all live like monks. Oh, Completely, yeah. Triathlon, and, like you say, in triathlon, it's like the life. You think, oh my lord. Boring. It, oh, I couldn't do it, me. But equally, what I often think, I think, I mean, athletes that, that sort of do, I don't know, often speaking and whatever else, they love doing because they love pushing that narrative because I think people think, well, the athletes Makes think... Makes them exceptional, I guess. Yeah, and equally, they think that's what people want to hear. Mm. But I don't think, because I don't think it's true because the amount of athletes that I've seen from all different sports who do switch off, who do different things mm. outside of the sport, but they never talk about it because then they fear that they're, be, they're being considered as unprofessional. Yeah. They don't do it. But in actual fact, my massive belief, well, it worked for me and possibly for yourself as well, having that balance of being able to focus fully on your sport when you're doing it, but equally switch off and do other things and, and whatever, be that cooking, watching documentaries, etc. That is actually how you manage to keep your mind in such a strong position to actually go out there and perform each time. Keep and I think enjoying enjoy, it. Exactly. Yeah. That's the big thing. So many athletes, especially young athletes, lose the love of sport because they listen to this, I'll be honest, crap from a lot of athletes where they basically say, all you do is train all day, you do nothing else, you, you kill yourself and then you succeed. It's not true in my opinion. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that's why part of the success I've had in triathlon is because of that because... I look at triathlon and think, well, if I have a bad race, what's the worst that could happen? Mm. Like, I just go home and it's me and John, like, I couldn't care less. And I, 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 and it's difficult because, it, like you say, it comes across as if I'm, I don't care or I'm not professional. But it's not. It's just a different way of looking at Absolutely. it. It's like triathlon is not the world. Like, there's so much going on outside and there's a normal life out there. And that's the thing, I think, with some athletes when they finish and then they go oh, I've got to get a job. And yeah. then it's uh, the, the mental health's all over the place because they don't know what they're doing. And it's because they've come from all their lives, just all they think about is triathlon. And you think, oh my God, there's definitely more out there for you. Although it's, it is good what they're doing and it's it's a good career. It's like, you just need to be a bit more open with things. And I, that's why I think I don't get nervous in races because I'm I just I've got a different perspective of it. And it's like... Well, if I don't do well this week, there's another race next month, so I won't worry about it. I'll just do another one. You don't need triathlon to be your life because I guess you had a life before getting into triathlon. You had a job, you've been traveling, you've taken a gap year. So all of that maybe has given you perspective, really. Yeah, because everything is a bonus. Like, I'm not being funny. I was working in Sainsbury's on, you know, minimum wage, just roaming through life, just you know, week after week. And then you get this opportunity to, I don't know, travel the world, meet amazing people, do sport. I'm stood on the start line. I think this is amazing. Like I, I, even at the Olympics, when we were, I had the individual, I had probably my worst result in a few years. Um, and then after the race had finished, you were just walking around. Everyone was just miserable other than like the, the three people that, that meddled. And I found it so bizarre because I was just loving life, thinking this is amazing, like walking around like a complete doyland. But I I would just try to take it all in and really enjoy it. And I just thought, I wish everybody else would be a bit happier because it's like, as long as you tried your hardest on that race, what more could you have done? Like if you do, so like in my training, I try as hard as I can. In the race, I try as hard as I can. And to me, it's simple. Get on the start line. As long as I try and do the little things right, and try the, my very best, if the result's not what I want, then there's nothing I can do about it. So 
to me, it's so simple. So I just don't understand why. I don't know. That's just my It's, it's perception mindset. though, isn't it? I guess that that's the big thing. And I think similarly, so I worked a few jobs before I turned professional and sort of had a very normal life, if you like. And the amount of athletes as well have no clue, no clue about the wider world, what sort of normality mm, is. Yeah. I think that's similar to what you were just saying about, obviously people come out the back end of sport, no clue what they're doing. Mm. The real world hits and it really does affect them a lot. And I'd be interested, is there any other athletes within the team or that you know of that had that start as well, similar to yourself, where they worked jobs, had again, I hate saying it like a normal life, because sport obviously isn't a normal life mm. because for everything that, that sportsmen and women do from training, traveling the world, doing these sorts of things, it's not a normal life. But were there any others do you know of? And I'd be interested to know if you think that they're similar to you in the mindset of treating it as this incredible opportunity opposed to actually the end of the world when it doesn't Ooh. go quite quite right. Um, Thinking about it off the top of my head, there, I don't know any of them that have had jobs. Um, I know a few of them have never had a job interview in their life or anything, oh. never been through that. I think, oh, look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love it. It's so good. <laughs> Just um, you with the whole exactly. life experience. And you think uh, Olympics... Sadly, is hard. <laughs> you wait till you're at Sainsbury's having your interview. You, you wait. Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. I've been there, done this. All the um, so yeah, no, not really. All of them have pretty much come from the like through the junior ranks. And if there's a few that have come from different sports, but then have been at uni, right. and then they've come into triathlon. Um, but no one's, I don't think, worked full time for like you know a few years or anything like that. See, I find that attitude so refreshing because in my job, I spent um, over a decade interviewing elite athletes. And, and it's something that I always find really sad, but so common amongst people at the top of their game is that I often think they're not enjoying it mm. because they can't enjoy it. And I remember sitting with Sir Dave Brailsford after, who's the head of Team Sky and Night Ineos, after the team had won maybe their fourth Tour de France, and asking him whether once, now that you've won it again, can you be happy? And he was like, well, no, of course not, because I've got to do it all over again. And I said to him, like, I find that really sad, sad yeah. That, yeah. that you think, not that you think, I mean, he's hugely successful, but, but that that's quite a common mentality in elite sport, that you've got to be at the top of your game and you've got to, to, to know that it's the end of the world if you don't win, because that's the way you win. And I was asking him, like, when do you get to celebrate that then? What, when is all the hard work worth it? Because often I think with elite athletes, it feels like it's not worth it until they retire, but then you've missed the chance to yeah, enjoy it. Exactly. It's like living the moment, like enjoy enjoy that time because it, it'll soon pass. And it has for like the Olympics, you know, it seems so long ago. And you've just got mm. to kind of try and take it in when you can. Because like, I've heard of other athletes um, that, you know, didn't get a medal and they they might have retired or gone long because usually in triathlon you go from Olympic and then you go a long course, um, and they're like I'm not I'm gonna do another cycle because I want that medal and I think oh my what uh, like <laughs> what happens if you don't get it <laughs> and it's like what what will that medal do for you because like for me obviously it, it's it's amazing and I'm so happy but I I just feel like I'd just be as content. Without the medal, I know, again, that probably sounds like I've been really um, ungrateful, but I don't know, I'd, I'd hate to be in a life where nothing's, uh, unless it's gold, it's not good enough and I won't be happy and I think, God, just 
live life and be happy at everything. I think the difficulty is as well, though. So I've been on probably both sides of it. It's it's the external pressures and perception that people have of you. So again, I just think we're talking about trying to enjoy those moments. I remember for myself after London, every time I did try and enjoy myself, then straight away I'd have a former athlete. Former athletes love doing this, Mm. love telling you that. You're now not being as serious anymore. You're or as professional. Not professional, et cetera. All these sorts of things. Having no idea and actually probably forgetting exactly the sorts of things. I mean, I by no means went crazy with the success at all of, of, of London. I literally was terrified about not sort of being professional. So I basically didn't do the things I wanted to do. And probably the advice I'd give myself now and probably any other young athlete is actually go and enjoy it. Like embrace mm. those moments of heaven. You're, you're probably a real rarity of somebody that can already see that. And I still definitely believe it's probably because you have a far better grounding and understanding of the world than a lot of people that I think come through sport. And I think this is possibly something where sport in general misses it because mm. we go through school nowadays being told that everybody's a winner and we shouldn't champion the champions. Then you go into professional sport and it's all about being a champion. And then it's nothing. And trying to then understand, <clears throat> deal with that and go through what life really is. I think is massively missed. I think probably professional sport needs to do more in order to help, especially the young athletes, understand how things go. I don't know if it's just professional sport, though. It's business as well, isn't it? It's all walks of life where there's a high level of success to be achieved. And I think Mm. that a lot of people think that they've got to give their absolute all to be able to achieve it. And if they're enjoying it as they go, then they're missing out on some element of of dedication and yeah, say the, obviously the difference is though with the business side of things is that at 30 35 whatever it is normally mm. it doesn't end and mm. that's obviously the big problem like your life ends as a sportsman or woman at, normally around obviously some going longer of course so then you have to figure out what comes next often people get themselves into a a, a job path i would say and then that's they're, they're pretty mm. content if that's what they want to do they're pretty content they can do that till they're 65 70 or whatever else and then that's that the issue is i, th- I think in sports that that's not there and it goes, and it's like the rug being pulled out from underneath you. So having a grounding early on, I think, probably is, would be very useful for a lot of the athletes and clearly something that you have. Yeah, and it it, come, it creeps up on you so quickly as well because, like, it's obviously usually in sport it goes in four-year cycles with the Olympics, and then that Olympic ends and it's like, oh, because you've not been – You've been planning for the Olympics and training for that. You're not thinking about going after the Olympics. I need to be working out because you've got that to focus mm. on and you've got to – put all your eggs in that basket. So then when it all finishes and you just go, oh, like, what do I do now? So there'll be so many athletes that are like that and, and injuries can happen and all sorts and, and you just get chucked to the wolves, I guess. I don't know. Do you think you've always been like that then? Do you think that's your natural mentality to enjoy things as you're doing them rather than take it all too seriously? Or is that because you had a bit of a life before coming into elite sport? Um, no, I think I've always been like that, mm. yeah. I'm quite happy going through life. I'm not really, uh, I'm easily pleased, should I say, <laughs> I think. Um, so, yeah, then everything else is so, like, I, I literally do what I love every day for a job and it's mm. like I wish it would never end, but it obviously will end. But I think I'll I'll be all right, you know, like I'll mm. I'll get another job or what have you and, and still in, enjoy life but yeah I don't I think that I've always been like that and I'm just quite easily pleased you're enjoying it and you say you're easily pleased but at the same time when you went from working in a supermarket to then training to become what you are now Olympic champion that will have taken such a lot of dedication and mental focus at a time when 
maybe if you're doing it all the way through your childhood, it's it's become a natural progression. Mm. I'm guessing if you've had a gap year, you're saying, you know, you put on a bit of weight, you're working in a supermarket, then to switch that round to being an elite athlete is very difficult, That's is it phenomenal. not? Yeah, I mean... I probably missed out a little bit. There. <laughs> <laughs> I did from supermarket to Olympic champion. <laughs> yeah. It's a long journey. It's, it's a few bits. Of no, so before I I, I was a, um, a swimmer from a young age till I was like fifteen, sixteen. So I'd kind of train ten times a week. It were like excessive. That's probably why I've, I hate Swim it, swimming yeah. because I've done so much of it. And one ten time, times a week as a teen. Yeah, so I was going to school, getting up at four, going to the pool for two hours going to school, coming back from school for another two hours, then going up. And, like, I met John when I was 15, and I'd, like, see him on a weekend, just sleep all weekend, because it's the only time that I could, like, catch up on my sleep. So it took over my life, and then I want all my friends were going out socialising, going out on the town, and they'd be like, you you coming out on Friday? I'd be like, absolutely not. I've been up since four. Like, as soon as it hits seven o'clock, I'm off to bed. And it was just like crushing my social life. So I decided to quit. And also I I didn't, I didn't find it that enjoyable. So I think I'd had that dedication and, and, um, life before. And I enjoyed like training really hard. And, um, that, that I think I've just got used to that. So then I had like six or seven years off or whatever, just went from extreme exercise to nothing. So I think it kind of just crept up. So I just kept doing a bit more and a bit more. And then I'd meet the girls. I'd got onto the uh, world-class um, program in Leeds. I was really lucky that I lived in Leeds. And then I got put on that. How quickly were you on the world-class program then? Um, it took me a while. I was still working um, full-time when I did some of the triathlons. And then I kind of got headhunted as a uh, domestic mm. role. So you'd like a pilot athlete. So I'd just... For the Olympics, they were experimenting with doing that. So then, because I was a good swimmer and a biker, I was able to get on funding that way. So at first, I was just on funding on the GB squad just for helping others. And so I kind of went to uh, Rio prep camp with like Non and Vicky, who went to the, the Olympic Games. And I remember being on that thinking, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> And I, I learned so much from those guys. And I had to learn quick, I guess. And it kind of just happened and you get amongst them and they kind of motivate you and um you see what they're achieving and you think I maybe I could do that and then yeah the years pass and you just all of a sudden you're kind of doing it for yourself and um I'm doing it every day and yeah I'd but I do because I enjoy it and I love it and if I didn't enjoy it I'd quit like swimming but I don't I really really love it and I'm very lucky I think what bit do you love do you love looking after yourself? Are you really competitive? Do you love the winning? Whenever you say you were motivated by Non and Vicky, mm. seeing what they were doing, what was what were you thinking? I want to be an Olympic champion. I want to push myself to be as good as I can be. What was the motivation? Yeah, I don't really... I never go into any race. I know this sounds ridiculous and people think I lie, but thinking that I'm going to win. I literally just enjoy wow. killing myself. Do like, you? I absolutely That's love it. You, what, you enjoy the pain? Yeah. Yeah, Why? obsessions. I don't know. Just I, I don't. I, I can't explain it. I just that's that seeing how far thing. you can go. Yeah, yeah. The limits of your body and how hard you can push and if can I keep going and yeah, I just absolutely love it. That's that's what I live for in in training. I told you I'm like Lenny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Lenny from Of Mice and Men, we should say. Yeah, which is your nickname, right? Like, well, yes. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, if somebody said just go hard for 
10 minutes, I'd be like, all right, and then just go for it. <laughs> you know, it's like that simple. But and then afterwards, I just love the feeling of doing that and then getting better and seeing yourself Im- improve all the time. It's quite addictive. Or I was going to ask, are you quite obsessive? Are you quite addictive? Do you think in other areas of your life? Um, or do you have that tendency not, at least? I can't think of anything else that I'm that way with, really. But in, certainly in exercise, yeah. It's like when I have the off season, I do enjoy it because obviously it's so intense and I really love going out drinking and, you know, just having mm. a normal life. But then I do miss the the effort and the actual, like the, I figured that out recently that, you know, that's what I miss about sport. I don't think I could just go back to going for a two hour ride and just tootling along. No. And John's fuming about it because he hates it. Like <laughs> he, he just wants to go for a nice, easy ride. <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> so so you're a bit like that though, aren't you? I, yeah, no, I, I, love the, I love the pain that you get from, from training and stuff. But as, as my body's got, older it's aged quite dramatically due to injuries and everything else i'm interested to know what you think and how you think you'll deal with not having this as your life anymore because if if training is that much of an important part of it i mean not just it not being your full-time job anymore but then when your body starts to say no as mm-hmm. mine is most certainly doing mm-hmm. to me most of the time what what would you envisage happening with you then Great point. I've never really thought about that. So right, okay. Not <laughs> Throw really. it out. Don't 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 fess um, <laughs> I um I think I'll be fine not doing it to excess, but as long as I can do the intensity. But yeah, I didn't really think about injuries. Like it's weird because I've had injuries over like the career I've had, and it's never really bothered me. Um, up until recently when I got one before the Olympics. I broke my back at like five months before Olympic Games. I thought, oh, thought my world were going to end. And it's so weird because I, I talk now that I'm like right laid back and nothing bothered me. And, you know, like it's only sport. Honest to God, I was like a different person at that point. It was like my world were going to end. And it was Why so Why did it hit you differently? Um, because of the Olympics? Yeah, I think so. Because we'd been pre-selected and then COVID happened. So in the... Like then we had like athletes saying these guys shouldn't be pre-selected because COVID and it's going to be two years by the time they do the Olympics, which is fair enough. Um, but obviously we couldn't race, so it's like um, it was really difficult. Got through that, then I got injured, and it was like, oh great. So like the other teammates obviously don't want us to be selected anyway, and then I'm injured. Um, and then I thought I'd got to that point, got to the Olympics, which was like amazing for me. And then to kind of like have it all pulled away from you was like, I didn't even consider it, you know, because I'd not had a major injury like that before. Um, and I knew it was possible to get back, but it was going to be like really hard. And so the, just the thought of every session meant everything and I'd have to try like, although I try hard anyway, it was just going to be a really intense period. Um, and I, I wasn't sure if I, I would start or go to the Olympics. So I don't know. I think it was just that. Um, and yeah, I, I went from being like really laid back and never very unemotional. I don't really cry or anything to like crying like every day. Um, just being really down about it. It was really strange. And that like now I can't even shot. imagine it. Mm, it's really weird. So Do you fear that could come in once you retired? That's what was I- more of a common theme for you yeah because it was really came out of the blue like I've never reacted like that before or anything so um I would would have said before that I'd have been fine 
but yeah, it's really strange that I reacted like that. But yeah, I don't know. I it's think it will be fine. No, I don't no, think it's no. strange yeah. at all. I think I think it's no matter what. I've been as laid back as as yeah. you are, or anybody as whatever else. Still, the prospect of going to Olympic Games, representing country, and potentially winning a medal matters. It, no matter what, it doesn't matter. Say if you're really intense or not, it still matters. And it is your life at the end of the day as well. So then, when you can't do it bloody hard yeah like, it really is hard yeah so i'm hoping that i will be all right and i'll i'll just yeah do it don't a bobsleigh <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't, don't do that don't do that how bad did that get for you though I'm, I'm curious because if that's the first time that that's ever anything's really ever hit you in that way because so many people will deal with incidents through their lives that just floor them out of the blue and they'll say and we've, we've spoken to a few people we spoke to mark cavendish about this where he always thought he was mentally so resilient and emotionally so resilient and then all of a sudden that's it i mean he suffered depression um and it can completely floor you if you're not the kind of person who you think it's going to happen to mm. you know yeah i don't i mean it didn't last long you know like i soon got over it was i, I guess it was the worst part was the time when because it was my back i, li I literally couldn't offload it either so i couldn't walk I couldn't do anything, so it went. It went for. It went from like training thirty hours a week to not being allowed to stand up in the kitchen and cook or anything. I just had to lay down. So I think once, like those few weeks had passed, everything was a progression. So then it's quite nice to then feel like you're moving forward and things are changing. Uh, but yeah, for those two weeks, I, I just, um, I don't know how I got through it. To be honest, just, um. I just spent a lot of time on my own, I guess, and uh, I didn't speak to anybody. Very, I, I was quite um, shut off. I didn't want people to know that I had this big injury because then, obviously, you know, I get my G selected or something. Mm. But you know, like you just don't want to talk about it to anyone. If I like saw even family, I'd be like, just don't mention it. Right? So I don't know. I figured I'd shut it away and and dealt with it, and then um, it kind of all was fine in the end. And I think John just had to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you worry about what other people then in those situations? What do you worry if people are saying things about you or speaking about you? Is is that something you ever think about? I think yeah, I I definitely felt like that. I didn't want people to be talking about you know me and being injured and you know saying oh blah blah blah. So I think I definitely considered like what other people thought, which I've never really been like that. Um, and yeah, like I said, it was just a different situation. I think it just with the Olympics and it being so near, it changed everything, um, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> well, it is and it's not because then you became Olympic champion, <laughs> so it all worked out perfectly <laughs> yeah. in the end, didn't it? Sure, I don't know how, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, it did work out in the end. I mean, but it was stressful. An interesting thought on that, though, as well, with, with regards to the back break and everything. I mean, do you think that maybe had or played a part in actually becoming Olympic champion. I mean, it, maybe if that wouldn't have happened, do you see any form of outcome that could have been different to be an Olympic champion now? Yeah, I've, I've thought that a lot, actually. Um, you know, it could potentially have been a blessing in disguise. You know, like, I know it was bad at the time, but it could have happened just before the Games. You know, there's so mm. many other variables that had happened, but I think that I feel like I could get through anything now, injury-wise or... Um, you could throw anything at me and I feel like I'd be able to deal with it because I think that was such a stressful time that I'm hoping that I've kind of learnt from it and I'll do 
a better, not do a better job, but be able to cope with it a lot better and maybe talk to people and, you know, be a bit more open than I was then. Um, so you kind of learn from the things of the way you've reacted. It's all of these life experiences, though, that build you up, don't they? And every time you go through something difficult, you have to remind yourself, well, I've been through something similar before and I've survived it. You know, the outcome is I got through it. So chances are I'll get through it again. I find that's a really powerful reminder to yourself sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And I think that with other athletes, you know, when they've got a little niggle, I think, listen, mm. you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> this one time, I literally didn't run for 15 weeks before the Olympics. You know, like things yeah. like that. And yeah. you do know that your fitness does, you can get back fit, fit again. Mm. And I think for me, I'd never, because I'm, my running is probably my weakest. I've never had like a an offload of running since I started. Um, so I didn't know how I'd react or anything. I thought, you know, because I struggle with running anyway. I thought, oh, bloody hell, this is not what I need. <laughs> um, but I dealt with it and I got through it. And it's good to tell other athletes, you know, when they think that the world's going to end because they've got a little niggle and they're having mm. two weeks off. I think, don't you worry about it. You'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> I mean, they don't believe you. You know, like when people say it to you, you're like, you'll be fine, you'll be fit. You're like... I won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't know, yeah. so you, you can't reassure no me. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me that because I'm not. But yeah, so now I feel that I've got that experience and I can help others. But yeah, like I said, they probably think whatever. You just say <laughs> you just saying that to help me. But I do, I do believe it. Sport is such a huge part of your life, and it's clear talking about when you were a swimmer as well. How much of your life was dedicated to it? And I've read about high as a kid sport was your sort of escape really was it because mm. you suffered severe dyslexia at school mm. sport was what gave you confidence in life was it yeah definitely when like I was at school and I struggled all through school like all the way up until uh sixth form um and I think that when you're young that's all you do other than obviously if you do mm. outdoor activities but every day you go into school and you're getting judged on like academically mm -hmm. It, there's nothing really there to like you do do P, but there's no test that much you know like in in your daily life whereas in education you just every day so it was like you're just getting downbeaten every day if you're really struggling and I don't think people think about it really um you know like I was having to take French and I think bloody French I can't even do English do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like I do not need that added stress um so then when I did sport, it was like I was actually good at something and I got, like, confidence from it. And if I'd not have had that sport, I would have literally thought, what is wrong with me? Why am I, like, such a doylem? Do you think you were trying to prove people wrong a little bit as well, maybe? Because uh, and having an older brother who's severely dyslexic as well, when when not too dissimilar to our age, I can say we're still on the same about the same age. Oh, sorry. Um, so, no, just being, no, no, but it, it was it was more considered you were not trying. <laughs> but it was more considered you you weren't trying, or yeah. it's it's not that there's something effectively there's something wrong with you. We're all for, we, it's not about us teaching you or understanding you. It's you being lazy. It's you not doing right. Do you think maybe sport was the out to prove people that actually do you know what? No, I am good at things, and I'm going to prove it through this. Yeah, yeah, because that's how I felt a lot of the time, and. Honestly, I tried. I'm not even joking. Like the amount of effort I put into school and it was baffling me. You know, I'd get my, like, I don't know, my grades. And I was thinking, what is, why am, what, what is wrong with me? So yeah, when I did spot, I thought 
this is it. I can actually try hard and show, like you said, people that I am trying, but I'm just have there's something wrong with me. <laughs> like I'm not. Yeah, I've got dedication. Not, I've got discipline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not just like sacking it off and and not listening. It's mine's very much my memory. So like I struggle a lot with memory and. Like, I'm not joking, there's a lot of memory in school. That's all you do. Mm, yeah. You literally have to remember everything and learn. So then they think that I'm just not listening. And I think, well, I did listen and I got it. And then as soon as I walked out the door, I forgot it. Mm. But I can't help that. And it was really, really difficult. I just, I, I'd love to help other kids that are in that situation. Because if they don't have sport, I don't know how they cope. Because, like, I'd be so... I always wouldn't be very confident because, like, in sport, it teaches, like, communication and you can get through life, you know, like, people think, oh, you know, you're actually, you know, you're not stupid, you're quite bright. And I think, well, no, I am, but I can communicate with people and that's my outlet, you know, like, I can have a laugh with people and, and there's not much going on, just communication. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I have got something yeah, else. Well, that's the secret to life, <laughs> for me. Give me some ideas. Teamwork, right? discipline, Teamwork, motivation, yeah. time management. <laughs> I've got more. I've got more. <laughs> Goal setting. Yeah, but this are. is the thing, though, because sport teaches you so much and this is why I think it's so important for girls in particular because I think boys are naturally drawn towards sport or they're naturally pushed or encouraged towards sport. And for girls, it's much more difficult because... There are a lot of sports that are seen to be not very feminine. Then you've got the pressure, peer pressure, and you've got social media. And girls at a certain age are much more likely to drop off from yes, sport. At Fourteen or something. Yeah, isn't it? which, which is there's a huge percentage insane. of girls drop off. Yeah. And for me, I kept sport going all through my teen years, and I'm so desperately grateful for it. And it's something I really try to encourage in my daughter because you will learn things for the rest of your life that you simply will not get in a classroom mm. or in any other situation. And I just think for girls in particular, that's why it's so important to give you confidence for the rest of your life as well in your body mm. and knowing that it's not, that it, that it belongs to you. It's not for anybody else. It's for you to build up your own strength and, you know, it's your own tool to use really. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I think... It has got a little bit better, I think, with getting women into sport. But I do think that they could try do little bits, I don't know, at schools and things like that to kind of encourage girls to um, get into sports. Because even when I was young, it was seen as I was like a tomboy. You know, there were yeah. no yeah. other girls other yeah. than me. Because I was good at sport, I was a tomboy. And it's like, well, maybe I am. But like the other girls could probably do it and enjoy it, but they don't want to get sweaty and go back to school or they don't want to get involved and it's like but also you're labelled yeah you know you're labelled as a tomboy rather than just being a girl who likes this that and the other and sport yeah 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 mm. all through my life I did I mean I did play football as well which probably doesn't help but yeah I do think that there is a stigma and like you say you're labelled and it, you kind of need to get over those barriers mm. a bit but because there might be girls you know that the same like me dyslexia but maybe Sport would help them, but they just the mates are not doing it, so yeah. they don't want to be seen as a tomboy. So mm. they don't do. Whereas I, I had to, you know, well, not had to, but I, I just wanted to, and um, I, I'm glad I had the confidence to do that. But some might not, and then. But equally, you've gone away from it, and then also come back, which again, as we mentioned at the beginning, I think that's such a inspirational mm. story. But I mean, for everybody in general, not just women, that the, the fact that you've. You've, you've sort of shown an aptitude towards sport, come away from it for a long period of time as well, to then come back. I, I genuinely, I think that that's, that's incredible. It's like, exceptional. That's, it's very it really rare. Is. Yeah, very rare. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird story. And I wish I could go into places and 
you know, talk to people and try inspiring, but there's just, I couldn't, I've just not got the confidence to stand in front of everybody or, you know, because a lot of ex-athletes do do like um, motivational speeches. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I think I might go into classrooms and help kids with dyslexia or something, but. They've read this about you, about you saying that you don't like public speaking and you don't like doing media and it's almost like you don't like the attention on you, you don't like the spotlight on you, but you're very, very good at it. <laughs> but you are. No, uh, yeah, I don't like the attention. That's why, like, me and John have been together nearly 20 years and we won't get married because I couldn't cope with it. I sympathise with that. I absolutely hated walking down the aisle. Yeah, can you imagine? Oh, it was, it was one of the worst moments of my life. Really? Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if I've told my husband that. I, ha I hated it. I hated everybody looking at me really? and thinking that I was thinking I was the most beautiful I was ever going to look. <laughs> Because for a start, the hairdresser messed up my hair and I wanted to walk down the aisle going, I know, I know that I look a mess. <laughs> it probably cost you a fortune yeah. as well. Yeah, the whole wedding did, yeah. So basically, we're just saying wedding's pointless. Yeah, yeah. Wedding's are pointless, right, fine, good. We got that we in there. You that you're engaged, aren't you? Yeah, I meant to be getting married at some point, yeah, oh, eventually. I feel lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, yeah, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Um, if you weren't a triathlete, if you hadn't entered that Sainsbury's competition, if you like, all those years ago, what what would you be doing? What would your life be, do you think? Reckon I'd have been promoted to, like, deputy manager. Yeah, <laughs> at least area manager. Yeah, area, least. do you reckon? At least area. Yeah, I don't think I'd have been doing it. I'd, honestly, I'm not ambitious. You just said you're not ambitious. I find that absolutely yeah, mind-blowing you when you're sitting here as an Olympic champion. Yeah, in sport, but in normal. But surely you would have found a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I feel I like, would. look, you're an Olympic champion. Mm. Like, there, there, there would have been a thing that you would have found and you would have gone, yeah. be the best I possibly can. Even if you're not saying those words to yourself as such, but you push yourself. Because if you love the feeling of killing yourself in training, then 100%... You would find a thing that you would do and you would really work hard at it, surely. Do you reckon Deliveroo? Just really going for <laughs> it again. Just Deliveroo Spider. Imagine that. Around the city centre. I wonder if that's a thing. Is that a thing, do you reckon? Do you reckon they have an internal thing where oh, awards so. the surely. fastest delivery Oh, yeah, driver? yeah, definitely. Right. Probably bonuses as well. You'd love to challenge them, I already know. I can see you're, you're thinking... <laughs> I, I think I'd be quite good in a delivery. There we are. Um, yeah, good. If anybody I'll from delivery is listening... Oh, hello, there's a little... <laughs> Oh, all of you now being challenged. Well, I can't say no to a challenge. Know, and you, you will find impossible. out this later. So yeah. don't challenge me to anything because I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. Um, but you think that you, do you think you've just then, luckily, I guess, find your niche? Because yeah. that's also very rare. And I think a lot of us go through life wanting to find the one thing that A, we're brilliant at and B, we love and C, we get the opportunity to do. That's an incredibly rare combination. It is. And I honestly think that's the truth. I really have found my niche and just like at least I've been able to um kind of be dedicated and do it but yeah I've definitely feel like I'm so lucky that I've come across it um because I honestly don't think I would have done anything else when you do I retire really do, you, do you think you'd stay in the sport then is that is that something you've considered I don't know I mean everyone always says it you're going to go into coaching mm. whatever it might be. but would is that something that genuinely interests you well it's funny you should say that because no, originally, because I find it really difficult to, um, I don't know if you've noticed that 
my describing words I really struggle with. So, I, like, people have said, oh, you could do coach. I think, oh, yeah, I'll stand there. And I'll be like, um, you know the... Um, <laughs> and then you put it in the... Yeah, and they'd be like, what is this? Might be quite refreshing, actually. Yeah. I, I quite like that. Yeah, they're all like, oh, God. Um, and then, recently, I did my level two coaching. I loved it. Oh. And it was actually a lot easier because I knew the sport and I thought, God, there's actually something that I know so much about naturally just because obviously I've done it and I should hope I do know about it. But then telling other people about it, I found it really easy and I really enjoyed it. So potentially I would like to stay in the sport in some sort of realm. But um, yeah, I haven't said definitely no to coaching now. I've definitely been more open to it. Um, so that was quite nice for me because I thought, oh, I've actually... Might have something else that I could do. It was really re- refreshing. Jess is my first time meeting you, and I'm absolutely blown away by you. I can't believe, well, because you sound so surprised by yourself that you <laughs> find such a talent for something that you clearly work incredibly hard at and become Olympic champion. And then you're surprised that you're good at coaching. <laughs> uh, in a world, though, genuinely, in a world where, where I feel like we're constantly bombarded by people who overplay their talents and abilities. You're such an exception in that respect. I hope you never mm-hmm. change. It, it, but I also hope you realise how great you are because oh. it's very rare to be so good at something and to be constantly surprised by it. Yeah. I th- I just think it's from confidence from when I was young, honestly. I just feel like I've never got that confidence. And John will say this. I think he gets sick of it. You know, he's like, oh, here we go. You know, because I'll just <laughs> say that I, I can't do it or whatever. And he's just like, oh, here we go again sort of thing. But... That's genuinely what I think. And, you know, like people might think I put it on. Certainly, Miss, I said to you, mm. you know, like I might um, kind of put it down a bit, but it's how I actually think. And uh, I don't really know how to change it. You know, like people say, well, you know, if you, yeah, if you, well, this is what I think. It. Yeah, because I think, well, if I go into a race going, right then, guys, I'm going to absolutely nail this. I'm going to win. And then I come eighth, I'll be like, oh, do you know what I mean? I just, yeah. if it, it it's how I work, and I just think I don't, I don't have to be like saying that I'm amazing or that think, I'm going to win to to do well. Do you think that slightly comes from? Do you just have an internal belief in your ability, though? Is that you obviously you have to know that you're good at it? Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, fact yeah. that you're Olympic champion <laughs> means that you're good at yeah. it. But do you think that maybe that. that's part of it? You're you're just very content with knowing that you've worked incredibly hard, you've got ability but you're also going to enjoy it. So, I mean, I guess you don't have to go and shout to everybody you're going to win, but yeah. I mean, there's got to be a level of that as well. I mean, it's, it's a different way of of having self-belief and the way that manifests itself. Some people feel maybe because they have to shout about it, mm. whereas obviously in, in your case, complete opposite, but you have to know you're good. Yeah, no, I do know. And I think I do have the talent, like a, a different, because I think you do have to, to kind of get to that place where you know, you're hurting. Like, yeah, I see it in John, you know, like he'll just stop straight away or other people, whereas I just keep going. And I think that is a, I think you do have to have that sort of talent and belief in yourself. And I, I think that's all it is. I literally stand on the start line knowing that I literally cannot try any harder. Mm. And I know that I will in a race. So then I don't need to think, am I going to win? Because it's like, well, maybe I will, maybe something else will happen. But there's no point thinking about that. All I need to do is, do my best and then so I, I don't know I think I just keep it simple you know what I love about that though I think these days in particular we are so insatiably hungry 
four formulas of success, yeah. aren't we? And we've got, you know, top selling books telling us how to succeed in life or how to succeed in business or how to succeed in sport, podcasting the same. And actually just doing it your way mm. is the best way, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why sometimes I question myself because I think I don't want to say it because then people will say, well, you're not, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be a yeah. champion because they've got to be ruthless. They've got to be, you know, saying that they're going to win. And I think, well, if that's the case, then maybe I won't be. But mm -hmm. I have, I've been successful. So I, I don't see why I should change what I do. So I just don't. I <laughs> and I don't. don't. <laughs> it's just an easy way to do it. But I think that's probably, there are going to be some people listening who know that they're probably working incredibly hard at what they do, but maybe others are telling them the opposite. And actually, they'll, they'll probably take a lot from that. Yeah, because often they're told, you're too kind, or you're yeah, too nice, or you're exactly. too this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. Or you've missed this out, you haven't, mm -hmm. didn't do enough of that, etc. But if you know, if you have the luxury, I think it's a really, it's an amazing thing to be able to do, because I think often, in sport in particular, there are moments of doubt, because you, you just think, oh, what if maybe I didn't do enough there? Or didn't do enough. If you can calm your mind enough, and it goes across everything, I think, like, then this transcends sport. If you can calm your mind and have confidence in knowing that you've worked hard enough mm -hmm. and done everything you possibly can, then you can have a, a sort of a zenny moment, really. Yeah. I mean, it's just get out there and do it. And fundamentally, look, for anybody involved in sport, it's a massive luxury to be involved with sport, mm. really, because of course you work incredibly hard, dedication, etc. What an incredible life and job it is. And I think sadly not enough athletes realise that mm. or they realise yeah. it far too late and never enjoy a moment of it. So, yeah, I think it definitely can go above and beyond sport. But I mean, it's it's a joyous way to be. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with you as well. I just feel so lucky to be in sport and mm -hmm. enjoying it. And yeah, I feel like... I've been given a gift and I'm just overwhelmed by it, really. Honestly, it's the best thing ever. Well, that was Jess Learmonth. And what I take away from all of that is that you're never too old to try something new and to try to boss something new, whether it's a change in career, whether it's something that you've got as an unfulfilled goal, just give it a go. Yeah, massively. And I think the other thing is as well with that, it's not worrying about maybe go, stepping away from your dream for a period of time as well. Yeah. It doesn't have to be constant 24-7 all the time, finding that life performance mix. And as I say, stepping away, that can really reset your brain and your mind and, and how, how and where you want to take things and then come back into it. It's clearly not too late if you're over the age of 18 or whatever, because there's a lot of people that put so much emphasis on that. If you're not professional at a, at a teenage eight, uh, years, you're done. Mm. And that's not the case. It's been proven. You can become an Olympic champion from stepping away from the sport and coming back and actually learning a whole new sport. So it's very, very impressive. Do you know what I also loved about that conversation, actually, and something that's come back to me an awful lot, was the joy that she took from the process and actually enjoying it as she went. And we are very privileged in our job to do something that most people will think of as being a lot of fun. And it is a lot of fun. But sometimes, well, not sometimes, I'm going to be honest, all the time, I put so much pressure on the outcome mm -hmm. and so much pressure on whether it's going to be a success or not, like this podcast, for example that you forget to actually enjoy it all as it goes and then leave the result to itself. And it's something actually to, that takes me back to things that Sir Chris Hoy said as well, just going with the process and leaving the outcome to itself. 
And I've been trying to teach myself that since Sir Chris, but certainly since Jess in particular, of making the most of the reason we do most things other than maybe our jobs. You know, if you don't like your job, then that is unfortunate. But there are other things that you do in your life, your hobbies or whatever. But we're so goal oriented that we forget to enjoy it or we forget why we started it in the first place. So actually enjoying it as you go is a massive, massive part of happiness, really, isn't it? Yeah, completely. I agree. I can't add to that because it's absolutely perfect. But what we can add, I guess, is um, probably the most important part of the entire podcast, really. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So what we do now at the end of every chat is we play... Are you ready? Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to win this one. Oh, don't. I think you're going to win this one. No. What you need to do is just know that you've done your best. <laughs> <laughs> just enjoy the moment. Just enjoy it. And then just relax. He's a two Olympic champion. You've done it this before. This is true, actually. I can lose rock, paper, scissors. You can, it's yeah. all right. You've been relaxed. Yeah. You're ready yes. for it. It's yeah. all right. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. Right? Right. Shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, I'm out! Yes! <laughs> yes! Do you know what I've just done? What? I overthought our, our previous one, uh, and I thought I was... Nobody cares. Was, anyway, right. <laughs> Boring. Okay, right. ready? Score by. Okay. Oh, oh my God! Yes! Yes! Oh, I had a feeling. Oh! See, you were, real, you were relaxed, you knew you'd do it. <laughs> do you know, do That's you know, what it is. You are. I actually, I'm not joking, I put myself in the zone. <laughs> you I thought well, I'm going to win this. I, we've not had a single guest win, win one yet. I know. And I was really, really? hoping you would. Really? Thank you, Jay. Right, thanks, so awesome. Thank you so for having me.